The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Uh, Look around at each other. Come on. Okay? I'm standing. It's happened with me, okay? And so the reason I'm having you stand, okay, is because a lot of times it's just very, people feel ashamed and like, oh, I'm supposed to be so bold and so strong and so amazing. Okay? The reality is a lot of people deal with this. Okay? So take a breath and just say, you know what? I deal with fear sometimes. And we look around and we see each other. You know, a lot of people deal with that sometimes. So today, this word is about what God's desire is for us, for you— And now he wants to free you from that. Okay, everybody can be seated. Uh, Thank you for standing, being vulnerable like that. It's important that we know that we're not in this alone. And so we're going to jump into the word in Psalms uh, 23. If you want to turn there, I'm not going to have the whole verse up on the screen. I'm going to have a little bit of it. Uh, But what I want to look at uh, first is this word fear and how it's actually defined in the Bible. The actual word is Yah-Reh. Y-A-W, and then an apostrophe, R-A-Y. Okay, and this is what it actually means. Um, one of, the, one of the, the main meanings of it is to stand in awe of. Okay, what, what face do you make when you're afraid? Something happens suddenly and you're afraid. Right? What, what face is that? That's an awe, right? It's like, oh. There's like a fear that comes out. It just it literally makes our face that expression. You know, if you do a wow or an awe emoji on your phone, it looks the same as like being afraid. Like, oh no, what's going on? And so it's acts, that's what it means. It's to stand in awe of something. It's to look and, and to be, oh, this has my attention and it's bigger than I am. And that makes me feel fearful because I don't know how I can handle this. It's bigger than me. That's what awe is about. You go to the Grand Canyon, do you know what? It's bigger than you are, so you get too close to the edge, and what happens? Your awe increases, right? Like, I'm in awe when I fly over in a plane. I look down and go, oh, look, Grand Canyon, that gigantic crack. I could be in awe driving down the freeway and seeing the sign, Grand Canyon, and all the shops, like, wow, we're almost there. I'm kind of in awe of that. We pull up, and you can look over at it from a parking lot and go, wow, I'm kind of in awe of that. But you can get out on one of the viewing ledges and get out there real close, and the closer you get, the higher... Your awe goes. Because you're realizing this is a lot bigger than me. And there's not much I could do about this if I was to fall or something was to happen. Okay, the closer we get to something bigger than us, the more our awe goes up. So that works in both the negative and in the positive. Okay? Oh man, if I ever lost my house and didn't have money to pay my bills, that would just be like, oh, that'd be overwhelming, too big for me. Well, that's in thought and theory, you might think, oh, I don't know what I would do in that situation when you see someone else going through it. But when it's your eviction notice on the door and you know that in the next few days I've got to come up with this money or I'm going to get thrown out, all of a sudden, guess what? Your awe level goes up because this is bigger than me. And you start to have fear. You start to have, so in our life, when things are bigger than us, that's when fear starts to come in. I don't know how to fix this relationship. That's bigger than me. And guess what? Fear comes in. I don't know how to overcome this addiction. Oh, fear comes in. 
Social anxiety. I don't know how to interact in this room, how to make friends. I don't know how to connect with people. I don't know how to be accepted. I don't want to be rejected. Like fear starts to come in. I don't, this is bigger than I know how to handle. You get a new job and you go in and it's new things that you don't, learn, you don't know how to do and you got to learn everything from scratch. It's like, I don't know how to do this. And so there's fear that can come in. So that is what fear is about. And so when you look at that, the question is, where is your awe? Is your awe in evil? I will fear no evil, tells us in Psalms. We actually sang about it today. Evil, the definition of evil is ra. That's the actual Hebrew, that's the root word. And it means adversity, affliction, bad, calamity, displeasure, and distress. Evil. Why? Because we know that God's intention is for us is good, that he works all things together for our good, that he is blessed, that he loves us, that he does all these good, he's generous, he does all these things for us. We know that that's God. So anything coming out of that, these afflictions, oh, the bad's coming, I don't know what to do with that, there's a calamity happening, there's displeasure, there's distress, like all these things. Well, sin brings that. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So the good is coming from God. The calamity, the distress, the confusion, the fear, all those things are coming from evil. But this definition of evil, do you ever just get anxious and feel like these things are coming down over the top of you? Like, I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to make the right decisions. I'm trying to be a good dad. I'm trying to be a good husband. I'm trying. But it just feels like I'm being followed. I'm being followed. At some point, the gig's up and I'm in trouble. And I don't even know why, but it feels like something's going to happen. Either my marriage is going to fall apart. Maybe you grew up in divorced family. Maybe you grew up around relationships that didn't work. And you're like, my relationship's never going to work out. Maybe you've made mistakes. You haven't had a long streak of doing well. And you're like, it's just not going to work. Maybe you've never prospered and you're starting to do well with money. Things are getting put away and money's starting to, God's starting to bless you. And you're like, but at some point this is going to break because we're always poor. Whatever the case might be, but something where you're moving and you just feel like, okay, this is probably not going to work out. Anybody ever feel that way at all? This is just probably not going to work. I bet, man, I've been feeling so good, but oh, I still have anxiety because I don't usually feel this good. And I'm probably going to stop feeling this good soon. And so that can happen to us. And we can get into this uh, place where we have that feeling. That's evil. The feeling of evil and darkness is following us. Like we're walking through the dark woods and anything could happen at any moment. I was in California this last week at a prayer summit, we were just up in the mountains, and I saw a bunch of ants. I laid down on this thing. I was kind of like, just going to kind of sit down and kind of lay down and pray. And I look over, and you're really, you know when you're really close to something? I'm like really close, and your eyes are trying to focus, and I just see ants. As a Texan, what do you do if you see ants? You scream and run. Because the only ants here are from hell. That's all they are. Fire ants. They're cannibalistic. They eat people. They carry you off if you fall asleep. Like, that's what they are. In fact, he's not here today, so I love to tell stories when, when people aren't here. But Justin Kaczynski, we were, we were together a, week, a couple weeks ago, and he's doing something with a garbage can, threw some garbages in, fire ants attacked. They bounced off of the garbage can, flew on him, and it took about 10 seconds for him to be completely stripped down in the garage. <laughs> Just everything's coming off, Every, almost everything. Let's not get weird about it. But everything is coming off. 
freaking out. But I was, in the, I was on the West Coast. And did you know on the West Coast, ants are friendly and kind? <laughs> they are. If you have a picnic, they come. And they just pick up pieces of food and carry it home. It's like they're fellowshipping with you. That's what they do. That's all the ants do. They never bite you. Nothing. They're just friendly. Beautiful, little, friendly ants. And so as I lay there looking at it, and that first, that dread, that fear came. Whew, I got to get up fast, and then I realized as my eyes focused, oh, these are not red ants. These are little black ants, and I'm just fine. And I just laid there, me and the ants, and had a great little time together. But fear can come in on these situations that something bad's going to happen, and we can get attuned to that, and it becomes our expectation Bad's going to happen. Bad, something's going wrong. Bad's going to happen. Something's going wrong. Bad's going to happen. Why? Because my, my past tells me that. The media tells me that. My friends tell me that. I grew up with my mom and dad telling me that. Sometimes my kids come home and tell me that. Like, everybody's always telling me things are going to go bad, and now that's what's in my mind. That's what's in my heart. And my own insides are just wired to believe that this is going to happen. Okay, there's also God. Here's the definition of God. And I want to lay this groundwork before we go into Psalms 23 because it's important to know what evil is and what God is. God, as this word is defined in the passage, is the self-existent and eternal one. They, oh, God, God's my friend. Oh, God, God's my father. That's all true, but he's also totally self-existent. He needs nothing to exist. He is all-powerful. He has always been. Always. Think about that. Always. Long before your problems. And he will always be long after your problems. He has always been. He's never stopped existing. He has just always been. And he has all power, all authority that exists. Starts in and through him. So you have evil, which is calamity and bad and struggle and all these things that can happen. Then you have a God who is beyond and above all the things that can happen in our life, both good and bad. So that's, that's the foundation. So let's look at that. Where is your awe? Is it on God or is it on evil? What is it that you allow to have your attention what is it that you allow to have your focus? Because when we get close to something and we're looking at something and we're, we're paying attention to it, that's when the awe shoots up. I could be really close to the edge of this stage, but if I'm talking to somebody not paying attention, I got no awe. But if I look down, I'm starting to fall off. Now I go, whoa, hey, I'm right by the edge. It's where we're looking. It's where we're focused. It's where our attention is at. That's so why the Bible says to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Is that we keep our eyes on him and we keep moving closer to him and then he's the one that has our awe, our surprise, our wow, that he's so much bigger. But when our eyes and our focus are on everything else, it begins to be what creates this feeling and this emotion that everything's bigger. The problem is that if we begin to focus on the evil, on the bad, the calamity, the trouble, the struggle, the breakdown that could happen, it starts to become magnified in our minds and in our heart. The Israelites had that happen. They were going to go into the 
promised land, and they looked around at the giants and the people that were there, and they said, man, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. They are so big and powerful. The Bible says that they said that, and it said, and so they were, that they literally magnified it to the place that their hearts shrunk. They became full of fear, and they literally lost all power. But David showed the way when he magnified God. All the armies were standing still and totally stuck. But David, a man after God's own heart, he magnified and glorified God. He wrote, I mean, the whole Psalms is full of his praise to the magnificence of God. And because he lifted up God, magnified God, had an awe of God, when the, the evil came in, when the wicked came in, when Goliath came in, he didn't have awe for that because he was awing something so much bigger that this seemed insignificant. The power of the enemy seems small compared to the power of God. And so if in your life you're finding a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety coming about, it could be any finances, politics, relationships, all these things. The focus can shift to put it on God and drawing closer to God. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you, God says. And as we draw close to him, we realize how much bigger he is than we are. How much bigger he is than our problems are. How much bigger he is than everything because he has always been. He always will be. He's self-existent, all-powerful. The more we begin to know him, we realize, man, he is so much greater than everything. That all the other things that we've been afraid of, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can parent. I don't know if I'll have enough provision. I don't know if I can overcome this issue. I'm scared of this thing going on in my health. I'm, I'm scared of my past and my mistakes. I'm scared I can't succeed in my future. Whatever fears might be coming over, I'm, I'm scared of society and the direction of society and culture and the things that are going on. Like I'm scared. Of, man, these things have me awake at night. They stress me out. When our focus is shifted there, that's what begins to happen. When our focus is on God, it begins to expand our awe of him. So Psalms 23, I'm starting partway down. And we actually sing about this in our song today. I'm starting where it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So even though I walk through a valley of a shadow of death, even though I walk through a place that's dark and I don't understand where I'm going and I, don't, I can't see very well and it's shadowy and I can hear noises and, and I've heard rumors that people die here. I've heard rumors that this is how you lose your home. I've heard rumors that this is how you lose your marriage. I've heard rumors that this is how you lose your sanity or how you get trapped back in addiction. Or, or I've heard rumors about this is how you wind up alone. I've heard rumors about this is where failure comes in, where nobody loves you, you get rejected. I've heard, I've heard rumors about all these things, that my health can't get better. All these, like, this is where things die. I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. Why shadow of death? Why not just death? Is a shadow usually smaller or bigger? It's bigger. Death loves shadows because it enhances its size. It makes it more intimidating. And it needs to do that because even death, the Bible says, has lost its sting. Jesus already had victory over it. We used to watch the old cartoons before they had all the cool ones with the great animation. We used to watch the old cartoons with just like little like drawn people that just ran around. And one of the most common things in a cartoon is in like probably at least 60-70% of every cartoon would be somebody getting scared because a shadow is coming around the corner. 
And then eventually, as a shadow came around the corner, and the music's hyping, dun, 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 all this stuff's going on, it'd come around and be like a little mouse or some small thing, and be like, hey, what's going on? And the whole fear was fake. That's how death has to work, because death in the life of a believer has already been defeated. And so even death has to work from the shadows. It has to cast a bigger image than what it is. It has to try to bring fear to take away faith because that's how it can win. It can't win on its own merit. It has to win by us giving up faith and running, us getting away. But as we walk through this valley of the shadow of death, it says we will fear no evil. And why? Well, because Psalms 23, that next verse, the, rest, the next part of that verse says, why? Because you are with me. Who? God. He's the shepherd. And that goes back to that word. The God is the self-existent and eternal one. He is the one that's with you. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because the self-existent, all-powerful, all-eternal creator of everything is with me. Not just God, my Father, which is wonderful and amazing relationally. But I've been through some stuff that I would like to have more than my dad with me. I love my dad. But I've been through some stuff where I need more than a dad. And I need some power. I need somebody to come through that's not just my dad stronger than your dad, but somebody who's like, he's stronger than all the dads. And the moms, which is really saying something. God is our father. God is our friend. He is our savior. But he is also the all-powerful self-existent one who has created everything. Whatever circumstance you're going through, whatever struggle you're going through, whatever you look and see around, you say, man, that is so big. He is so much greater than that situation. He's so much greater than trying to find a job, trying to figure out how to pay a bill, trying to figure out how elections are going to go, trying to figure out how your health is. God is greater than all these things, and he is able to deliver you. He's able to protect and sustain you. And that's a game changer. It should be a game changer in our life. Starting in verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. We're in Psalms 23 still. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Other translations say, I shall not want. Why should we not want? Because we lack nothing. We lack nothing. Fear is based on lack. Lack of power lack of acceptance, lack of provision, lack of protection. It's like I lack something, and so I'm afraid. I lack wings, so I'm afraid of heights. That's my true story. <laughs> I'm afraid of heights. Weird me out. I can't go next to the ledge at a two-story mall. I look over to the ledge, I get even near. Man, my heart starts just doing weird dances and stuff. It doesn't like it. Why? Because I don't have wings. It's because I lack you get fearful about money because you feel like you lack money. But this word says, I lack nothing. What God's called you to do and where he's placed you, you have everything you need. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. Did you know that sheep only lie down if they feel full? They don't lie down in green pastures if they have any fear. They're very fickle. If they have any fear at all that there's not going to be enough grass, they're not totally full, they won't lie down. They only lie down once they're full. Now, I have a really fat King Charles Spaniel, and he will lie down while he eats. But sheep 
lie down once they're full. They have to know that they're full. They have to know that they're protected. If they have a fear of any other animal around that could harm them, they don't, so they don't lay down. They have to have peace that the other sheep around them are not in a competition with them. There's not, there's not a, a headbutting going on, a fighting, a pushing. There has to be peace. So the shepherd has to calm them. He has to fill them. He has to protect them before they'll even lie down. And then they lay down. That's what it's talking about, that God wants us to know that we're protected, that we're filled, that he's with us, that we have unity together. He leads us besides quiet waters. Why are they quiet? And why are we still walking next to them? Well, because we're not thirsty anymore. Why? Because he's given us all we need. You don't keep walking if you're thirsty. You keep walking once you've been provided for. He refreshes our soul. He guides us along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, this is another translation, I will fear no evil for you are with me. The valley of the shadow of death, a dark place. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Why a rod and a staff? The rod and the staff serves multiple things. One, it protects from the enemy coming in. God is not just our buddy, he's our defender. He watches over us. He has our back. He's watching over your life. He's watching over your reputation. David didn't have to go against Saul because God already had his reputation. And so even though he was on the run and things were going on, do you know what? He left it in God's hands and he let God take care of him until he moved into the place that God had called him. We don't have to worry about our reputation. We don't have to worry about who we are. God protects. He protects our life. He protects our health. He's watching over us. Defeats our enemies. He guides. Sometimes they have to reach down and discipline and kind of give that sheep a little, just a little whack. A little whack and a crack. Anybody ever had to get a whack and a crack from God? Sometimes. But why? He doesn't do it. He's, it's not like he's attacking a wolf. When he uses that same staff against a wolf, what he's doing, he's doing it to destroy it, to keep it off, to drive it back from the sheep. When he's doing it for his sheep, he's doing it just to get it back to safety, get it back to a good place. And so we know we can trust that. We don't have to fear God's discipline or God's correction because it's for our good. We don't have to fear the enemy coming in and trying to destroy our lives in some way. Why? Because we know he protects us from that. He's not unarmed. He's armed. He's armed and he's watching out for us. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. What do you have to do at a, in order to sit down at a table if your enemies are around? If you were right now, if we were, this is a table, we sit down, and there's enemies around after your life, wanting to attack you, wanting, and you, somebody said, hey, just sit down, let's eat. And they're here, in the building. You ever watch like a good action movie, and like the bad guys get in the building? A good cop show, and the bad guys get in the building? And the music starts up, and everything's happening, and the guns are out, and stuff's going on, your enemies are all around? And then right in the middle of the show, somebody just like starts setting the table. Getting the, do you want uh, grape jelly or would you rather raspberry? Would you, milk, tea, coffee, what, what could I do? And they start setting a table. Have you ever seen a show like that? What happens? Everybody runs and takes off and they start fighting. Why? Because of fear and they have to run for safety. What he's saying is we don't have to do that. 
we don't have to hide. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be moving along. Why? He wants us to have a, a place of fellowship with him all the time. And how is that possible? It is because he is the self-existent, all-powerful God. And whatever you're going through, he already is in control. He already is watching over you. He already has the outcome in his hands. And he invites us to sit down to have peace and to fellowship. Fellowship with him, fellowship with each other. And even Jesus said, pray for our enemies. So while they're coming guns drawn, while that situation, that person's attacking your reputation, while gossip's going on, while your relationship's broken, while things are going not the way that you want them to go, you can actually sit down and have fellowship with God, have fellowship with God and say, Lord, I pray, Lord, there's still space at your table. We talked about that last week. How big God's banquet table is. Lord, there's still, there's still a place here. I pray that they put down their guns, they put down their attacks, they put down all those things, and that, Lord, they would just come and sit down, and we could give them something to eat. Lord, that you would have mercy on them, that you'd love them, that you'd care for them. We're going to pray for those people and to pour out our heart for them. This is what God wants to do. It says, surely, now here's the stalking part, that, that thing you feel over your shoulder. Guess what? There is something over your shoulder. But it's not to be afraid of. Not afraid of evil, but it is something to be in awe of. To be overtaken by because it's so much bigger. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There is a fear and an awe of, wow, God is so much bigger that God wants to do. And here it is. Surely goodness and mercy. Some translations say love. The idea is that God's favor and blessing and relationship Check this out. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is, in fact, something following you. There is, in fact, something over your shoulder. That feeling that something bigger is behind you is 100% real. But it's not what you think it is. It's not evil. It's not calamity. It's not distress. It's not everything falling apart, the other shoe dropping, things getting broken. It is the goodness and the mercy of God, the love of God towards your life, towards your situation, towards your finances, towards your family, towards your marriage, towards your kids, towards your parents every aspect of your life, that he's following you with his goodness and mercy, his love that coming to you. Wouldn't it be great if we sat down at the table that he prepared for us and actually let it catch up to us? Instead of being so on the go, so busy trying to fight our own battles. But he said, Lord, I'm just going to sit. One of the hardest things for me to do, coming out of all my social anxiety, is to just be with someone. For me personally, that is incredibly hard. If there's not an activity that we're supposed to be doing or a structured event or a structured thing going on, if we're just, we wind up just there together, oh my gosh. My heart starts racing. Don't ask me. I don't know why. And I have had to always just give that to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm just going to sit at this table and calm down and be in relationship with you and with other people. And whatever my mind thinks is going to go wrong, I'm not going to focus on it and make it bigger. I'm going to focus on you 
and allow you to be bigger in my life. I'm going to let your awe take over me. So I just encourage you, I'm going to close in prayer, but I encourage you, we all have a, an, only a certain amount of awe in our life. Only a certain amount of things that we can be focused on, have our attention, and be actually gripping our spirit. Where we're like, that's bigger than I am. And I just want to encourage you, save your awe for God. Don't waste it on other things. Don't waste it on things that will destroy your life and take away your peace. Make the choice to fix your eyes on Jesus and allow him to be the one that takes that place in your life. And if you do, Philippians 4, 6 through 8, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God and with thanksgiving. And the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. His peace will guard you. It's an active peace. It's not a passive one. It's active. It's a peace that's on guard, watching over you. If you will just talk to God about it and then begin to give him thanks and put your on him, God, you are bigger than my situation. God, you are greater than my... God, you were here before this started. God, you'll be here after it's over. God, I don't have money, but you have so much. Lord, I don't know how to pay my bills, but God, you made me, and you're not going to leave me or forsake me. I don't have to worry about these things. Lord, you'll provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. God, you are able. Lord, I'm nervous around people. I have social anxiety, but God, you said that they'll know we're your disciples, because we love one another. So I know I can just be still and love these people and let them love me. I don't have to be so wiggly and restless inside. That's what he wants to do. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will raise up a spirit, Father, of courage. Lord, of expectation, not for evil, but for God. Lord, not for calamity, Lord, but for your purpose and your protection, your provision. Lord, for your pursuit after us. Lord, to put all the good and the mercy and the love that you died to give us onto our lives, God, that you have come, that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, I thank you for this, and I pray you bless everyone that's here. Lord, as they leave, God, continue to minister to them, Lord, by your spirit throughout the week. Lord, to take off fear. Lord, perfect love casts out fear. Lord, I pray that your perfect love would cast out all fear, all anxiety, all uneasiness. Lord, and bring in your peace and your love in their lives this week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.